1: The Orlando Magic's rise is inevitable, right? We all all see it, and Markel Fultz is at the key of it all. What could lead to the Magic reaching the promised land of the postseason? What could derail them? It's on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 9th, 2023. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, what is the key to the Orlando Magic season? Why Hill Foltz is the reason this team could be on the rise, among plenty of other reasons. Also, what could ultimately derail the Magic? and where they still have to clearly make some improvements and answer a lot of questions that could prevent them from taking that all-important next step. We'll get to all that coming up here in just one. moment. first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The, uh, the Orlando Magic, at least among us Magic fans, among, among us, among you, my daily listeners, among you who stumble upon this and are Magic curious, I, I don't know what you might be, Um, we all believe the Orlando Magic are due for a really good 2024 season. We all watched this team go 29 and 28 over the last three quarters of the season. We watched Palo Van Caro look like an all-star for, good, you know, at least the hints of what an all-star can be for a good chunk of that. We're watching that a little bit with Team USA uh, on Monday. We see everything aligning for this team to take this next step. And, you know, I, I am being accused by some people being a little too negative, and, and this is just me trying to stay level-headed. Um, so I want to just say this out front before we dive too deep into anything today. I my expectation for the season is for the Magic to make the play to make the postseason, play-in tournament, playoffs, whatever it is. Those are my expectations for the season. This team has shown the growth, in my opinion, necessary to take that step forward, and I expect them to do so. Um, It was a really fun, strong season last year. There is no reason to believe the Magic cannot repeat that or extend it beyond eighty-two games, and. We'll get into some of the things that I'm still concerned with in later segments, but the real reason, you know, yes, Palo Bankero and Franz Wagner are so key to what this magic team is going to be. Um, and and so much of what this season is about is internal growth. Can the magic as a group internally grow and take those next steps and take that all-important big leap up into postseason contention, into being? a playoff-capable team. That's that's what's on the line this year. And that's, that's, that's kind of the statement being made. And so much of this is about internal growth. And so more than anything else, more than anything else, internal growth is going to be the determinant of how far this team goes. If everyone just stays the same, are they a 500 team if everyone just stays the same? We don't know. But if Paolo Banquero gets more efficient, if Franz Wagner gets more efficient, if X Y Z things all happen, then all of a sudden we might be looking at a completely different kind of team and a different and, and, and a team with completely different potential. And that's why, to me, this season turns on Markel Fultz. Um, you know, I, I just did the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Magic preview with jo- with a. Uh, with Josh Lloyd, um, one of my favorite podcasts that I do every year. I I am hoping my crossover grid score holds up um because I'm one of the I'm one of the early early players in, in the game. But uh, you know, we talked at length in that show about the magic starting lineup with the Lime look at, like. and of course, we're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, but we talked about it pretty much at length that we don't really know what to expect from Mark Elfs. Um or Maybe that's not the right way to, say, to phrase it. We don't know what Markel Foltz's ceiling and honestly, necessarily even what his floor is. I pointed this out and I point this out all the time. Um, with ACL injuries, typically it's a year to get back on the court and then a full year on the court to get back to full health. And so I think Markel Foltz's stats after the All Star break are really important. After the all-star break, he averaged 15.6 points per game, six assists per game, shot 53.3% from four, 32.4% from three, 81.1% from the foul line. Had 11 blocks in 22 games. It's pretty good for a guard. Markel Fultz, from what we saw, it got looked like he got a little bit of his bounce back, but we saw him be that lead playmaker, that lead creator, that lead driver, and a pretty impactful score on top of all this. Now, to the rest of the league, to the rest of the world, Marco Fultz is, is still this strange, strange reclamation project the Magic have. I, I cannot count how many times I've read a Magic preview from a national outlet or from another team outlet that said, what are the Magic doing at point guard? You know, they drafted Anthony Black. That's probably their point guard. And, and look. That may be. Anthony Black might be point guard insurance in case Markel Fultz doesn't work out. I'm not going to deny that. But it just felt like there is this huge mischaracterization of who Markel Fultz is and the kind of impact that he provides this team. This is a guy who can change and control pace at a really strong level. A guy who makes really difficult passes look very, very easy. That sets others up that can get into the lane, knows how to use the space teams given because they're not afraid of his jumper yet. This is a player who just does a lot of winning things, to be perfectly honest. A lot of things that typically do translate on the court and translate to winning. And Fultz did this for 22 games. Um, he did it for the whole season. He did it for the, every game that he was out there, of course. Um, but these last 22 games felt like everything in overdrive, where the Magic were suddenly playing at a much faster pace, and, and Foltz was aggressive and, and looking more and more like the player he did in Washington. Now he has the haircut to boot. Um, it felt like we were finally seeing Markel Foltz. Uh, the Mark L. everyone was promised. And the Mark L. that we saw hints of during what felt like his rookie year back in 2020, again, there's just been so many starts and stops to his career and interruptions that having the strong finish of the season all the way through, after missing the first 20 games of the season, he played the rest of the season, uh, minus the games late in the year where the Magic Sack guy's out, um, he, at least to our knowledge so far, has had a healthy offseason, barring any stubbed toes late in in the the late in the, in the summer, um, he will be ready for training camp, and he will you know we will see what he looks like when he has an uninterrupted summer to get better. and, and this is this is simply the wild card that if Marco Fultz is a guy who can average sixteen points per game on top of Paolo getting to 21-22 or Franz getting up above twenty. All of a sudden, with all the other pieces the Magic have, with the improvement that they're expected to see from other players on this team, Wendell Carter being healthy, not having to plantar fascia issue he was dealing with since December, all of a sudden it feels like everyone has stepped their game up, has picked their pace up, has put themselves in a better position uh, to contribute and play at a higher level. That is, that is, or at least that's what feels like is where the season could turn this year. Is where this season could go from interesting young team maybe going through their lumps to, oh, the the Magic are a playoff team and, and a dangerous team at that. And at the end of the day, after all this time, and, and, and Markel Fultz has been on the team since the 2019 season, we've seen him play 2020, 2021, parts of 2022, and 2023. We've, we've seen him for four seasons now. We still don't know what Markel Fultz is. We still don't know what his ceiling is and what he is capable of doing. And that's the kind of thing that's on the line and the kind of thing that we're going to get a very good look at in this season and something that could determine whether the Magic are able to take a huge next step. Of course, there's still plenty that can derail this team and and plenty things that can slow this team down. And we got to start with the big question, the question that everyone's going to have to contribute to and may not be simply about just getting better at. Well, We'll talk about the Magic's offense and some of the offensive stats coming up here in just a moment. But first it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you, yes you, the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over/unders, and a whole lot more. So visit fanduelcom lockdown and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com/lockedon today to get take advantage of this awesome, awesome offer. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. file with 100% accuracy, and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Before we move forward, uh, I want to th- uh, thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Don't forget, Germany taking on Canada. Big game, big game. Canada's a really good team this year. Shea Gildas-Alexander, Corey Joseph. Um, I believe the Cal Alexander-Walker is playing for them. Uh, Dwight Powell. Um, this is probably the best Canada national team we've seen. Jamal Murray might still join them for the World Cup. Germany is taking on Canada on Wednesday. We'll have more FIBA action over the weekend. We're going to recap all those games on Monday's episode of Locked On Magic, but be sure to follow me on Twitter at Omagic Daily. I'll I may not be able to watch the weekend games live, but I am planning to watch the Germany game live. So we will chat all about what we're seeing from Franz Wagner as well as Paolo Bancaro on our next episode of Locked On Magic on Monday. But let's let's dive into this aspect of things. Then, um, what can derail the Orlando Magic this this season? Uh, you know, I, I like I said. I'm unequivocal about this, and I, and I want this to be clear. My expectation for this team is that they will make the postseason, that they will make at least the play-in tournament, if not more, um, this season. Uh, I think this team is extremely talented. I think they have the depth that they need. Um, I, I think that this team is good enough to be a postseason team, and you know, I, I think you all are usually right to invest in youth. There's no reason to believe any of the Magic's players – Are going to take steps, are necessarily going to take steps back. They'll at least be what they are. Um, Even the players that you might be questionable about, the Magic have some other young players that they can try out there. So um, I want to be unequivocal about this. Um, I do believe this team is a postseason team. What I, you know, because I'm a don't get too high, don't get too low kind of guy, um, I I do want to guard Magic fans and kind of set expectations for like, okay, just because all the evidence is pointing in one direction. You know, past, past success isn't a predictor of future success or past results aren't a predictor of future success. Um, and 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 so we have to consider that we don't know what's going to happen. And just because it looks like the Magic are on a good track right now, which I think they are. Again, I want to make that clear. Um, their ascendance is not guaranteed. It's going to take a lot of work. There are still a lot of things to clean up. And so a lot of ways that this team has to get better if they're going to take that next step. And you know, just did a ten-minute segment on Markel Fultz, why I think he could flip this team around. He could also kind of revert back to what he was before the All-Star break, which is still a very good player, but still a player prone to turnovers, still a player making some mistakes. You know, still all of these things. Because you know, at the end of the day, the Magic aren't a complete team yet. Um, you know, for most of us. We're not expecting this team to compete for a championship yet. We know that's probably still a bridge too far to cross. Um, there's still going to be problems that this team's gonna have to solve. And undoubtedly, and maybe we haven't focused on this enough, the biggest problem is the offense. Even if we take out the five and 20 start, which we love to do here, Magic had the sixth best defense in the league after that five and twenty start after December 7th, they still had a negative net rating because a minus .5 negative rating which isn't bad that's that's roughly a 500 team that is a 40 win team um if you watch my blocked on face of basketball i had the magic winning 40 games and i think this is a 37 to 43 win team next year um very possible to get over 500 still probably an under 500 team just because of the natural, because of the way things are um the team that's going to compete and be in the running for a lot of a lot of things and again like i like i've said before as well even if the magic missed the playoffs as disappointing as that might be that's going to tell this team a lot about what they need to do to get to the playoffs and get to the postseason uh, next season when they absolutely have to before they start spending some real money on some guys. Um, And again, there's some real money at play here too. But So the Magic had a negative net rating despite the sixth best defense in the league because the Magic still had the 26th best offense in the league, even after December 7th, even if we take out the Magic's terrible start. The offense is a problem. Um, and even when you look at who the Magic's best players are, uh, who the Magic's best players were all season, or who the Magic's best players were um, at, at certain points, the Magic still weren't good. The the remaining Magic player with the highest on-court offensive rating for the entire season was Gary Harris. The Magic had just a 113 Offensive rate, 113 points per 100 possessions when Gary Harris was on the floor for the entire season. That's the best mark. Um, I think Mobamba was ahead of him, uh, ahead of him on that. On that, but Mobamba's not on the team anymore. Don't really care about him. Um, that 113 points per 100 possessions. Not going to get you out of the bottom 20. Orlando's had a bottom 20 offense every season since Dwight Howard. Or bottom 10 offense, excuse me, every season since Dwight Howard left. Taking out the five and twenty start, then the best player who is still on the roster in offensive rating was Cole Anthony at hundred fourteen points per one hundred possessions. That would still rank twenty third in the league during that time. After the All Star break, let's 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 narrow this down a little bit further. After the All Star break, Palo Carroll led the team with a one fourteen point three offensive rating. That would rank twentieth in the league. So, obviously, like a lot of the season's about internal growth and internal development. Um, a lot of the season's about just guys getting better. Can Markel Fultz be a more reliable three-point shooter? He shot what, 32, even 32, 33% after, after the All-Star break. Paolo Bencaro was 33%. If you take out his bad February, these numbers get better. That's going to be fine. Jalen Suggs was 36% from deep after the All-Star break. And, you know, there may be some hints. He had some big spurt games. He didn't necessarily have consistency on that front, but... That's a good sign for him, considering he was a sub 33 point shooter for uh, the first rookie year for sure, and, and for a good chunk of, of his second season as well. Um, Cole Anthony shot 41% from three. So, having potentially Cole Anthony, Gary Harrison, let's throw him in there, Joe Ingalls maybe, as plus 40% three point shooters, that, that changes the calculus a little bit. Um, and obviously, a lot of the offense is going to be about. Reducing turnovers, that's a big part of playing better basketball. Um, it's going to be about Paolo being more efficient. It's going to be about Franz knowing when to pick his spots. It's going to be about passing the ball a little bit better. There's a lot of elements that are going to play about offense. It's not just about shooting. But at the end of the day, the point of the game is to score. And while the Magic's defense looks to be very good and, and played very well last season, something they're going to have to rebuild, obviously, as, as you do every year, Um it's a defense that still has a lot of holes. And in this league, you got to be able to outscore some people at, at points. Um, defense is about, you know, I, I, and I hate saying this to you because I love defense, but defense is about slowing the other team down. It's not about stopping them anymore. Let's that's, that's just face the reality of the modern NBA. It is about slowing the other team down, not stopping them. Maybe in the playoffs when you really dig into guys, it's about stopping them. Um, but in the regular season, you're just trying to slow the other team down enough that you can outscore them. That's not the Magic way right now. The Magic the magic are trying to maybe protect possession a little bit better so that they can get their defense set and use their defense to power their offense, get out and transition a little bit more. This offense is still a huge question mark. There is, you know, if we're looking for evidence for something, there is not even a smidgen of evidence right now, at least that's been proven, that's been shown, that the Magic are a capable offensive team. And that is, that's really at the heart of so much of the debate that we're having today about this team. Uh, And so much at the heart of whether this team is going to take that all-important next step. Um, They have to be able to score. Like, and look, we're all confident the Magic will have a better offense next, next year. Will they get out of the bottom 10? I don't know. That you know, honestly, I, I I see all the offensive weapons. I see what this team is capable of doing. They had some very good games. We don't know what's going to carry over. Because even after the all-star break, it wasn't like they were killing it offensively. They're better, but they weren't killing it. Um, and, and their defense slipped a little bit after the all-star break as well. Um there is there is just a lot to sort through like like uh, there's no really no really no other way to describe it this team has a lot it has to sort through to ultimately get where they want to go um and you know the more questions you have to ask about a team especially the more basic questions you have to ask about the team about a team the wider the gap is to getting to where you think this team is going to get um, and look, there are fewer questions about this team than maybe there were last year. And and it, and whatever questions you might have are really about development and 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 saying, okay, this young player will this young player get better? But at the end of the day, this Magic team's offense is still a huge mystery. Um, there are good concepts, there are good players, there is good potential. But we haven't seen it really come together. And, and honestly. When the Magic do arrive, when the Magic are a playoff team, are a contending team, it's not going to be because of their defense. The defense is going to be there. I'm confident that Jamal Mosley, with the group that he has, is going to build a team that can defend at a high level. This team will arrive when their offense finally matches that. And that's when things are going to get a lot more fun. What else could derail the Magic's rise this season? Well, it's the answer you're probably thinking of. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. This is
0: Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time.
1: I have a theory about bad teams in the NBA. Um, you know, the, the 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 NBA has a lot of really talented players. I've been a lot around a lot of really talented players on bad teams, and uh, you, you know, you see the work that they put in. These are, for the most part, the, the 500 best players in the league, in the world. Um, they are not bad. Um, even the guy that you think you could beat in your local gym, he would probably beat. He would probably run you out of the building if you had to play against him. You're watching guys go up against the very, very, very best. And that's honestly my theory here. Bad teams are not bad because they have bad players necessarily. They are bad because they ask players to do more than they're capable of doing, at least at an NBA level. Um, They ask Teron Liu to be their starting point guard. They ask, you know, Victor Oladipo to run point or Franz Wagner to run point they ask too much of their players. Um, And this is why depth is really, really important because you're going to face injuries at some point in the season. And, and, you know, again, if you face an injury to a star, you can hold the boat steady only so much because so much is built around that player's orbit. But ultimately, what's derailed the Magic, what derailed the Magic in 2020, what certainly derailed them in 2021, what's kind of kept them... And stasis through twenty twenty two, and even to some extent last year, when they had a five and twenty start because they had three point guards go down to random injuries: to Marco Fultz allegedly stubbing his toe, to Cole Anthony suffering an injury early in the season, to Jalen Suggs just being Jalen Suggs and 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 flying all over the place and taking hits and uh, straining his ankle. That you know, just, just being Jalen Suggs. Um, injuries play a role in everything. And well, I think the Magic are a deeper team than they were last year. I am more confident that the Magic can withstand injuries uh, and and at least keep the boat steady. They won't go five and twenty if they have to go twenty five games. They might go ten and fifteen, which isn't good, but it's you know manageable. They might go eleven and fourteen. I, I'm not going to math any more than that, um, which would be a really good record in that in that scenario. Um, but they they're better prepared for that, but still. Injuries could really derail this team. An injury to the wrong player, and obviously Paolo and Franz would be the wrong player. Um, an injury to Wendell Carter, Jonathan Isaac not being healthy, even Markel Fultz being injured. Um, guys with long injury histories getting injured could derail this team. Um, and there will be very little this team could do about it if that happens. Um, we're all happy to see Paolo Caro get some run at center and see kind of what that looks like at the international level, Steve Kerr. Further elaborated on that in an article on ES- to ESPN saying, you know, what really worked for us in Tokyo at the Olympics was having a big man who could just take the ball and run and, and not having to do the outlet pass part of the fast break. And so they want to take a look at Paolo and really push the pace when he's out there uh, as, as someone who's a big who can just run the floor and beat, other, beat some of the slower bigs in the international game down the court. Um, Paolo can certainly hold his own on the block, although we'll see – we'll see how he does. There's some bigger tests uh, coming up for Team USA uh, over the weekend in Slovenia and Spain. Um we will see that experiment continue and, and honestly it looks like Pavel Caro will get a lot of backup center minutes uh, for, for Team USA at this point. Um uh, but Wendell Carter has never played more than 65 games in any year any season of his career. Um to me that is concerning. Um because now you got to bet essentially plan on him missing 15 games. And your backups are Mo Wagner and Goga Batadze. Jonathan Isaac has played 11 games in three seasons. And while there's every indication that he is healthy and ready to go for training camp and getting himself ready for training camp, um, and Wendell Carter, to his credit, acknowledges this injury history. Uh, he told uh, OrlandoMagic.com, you know, that is really focused on making sure his body is ready for an 82-game season. And, you know, look, I, I know I've cited that stat forever um, all offseason. It was a big part of my free agency prep and, and certainly some of my draft prep. Um, I hope he's, I hope that's wrong. And I hope he plays 80 games or plays 70 games or 75 games. That'd, that'd be great. Um, the magic are, in my opinion, leaning on Jonathan Isaac to use played 11 games in three seasons to be healthy. And again, every indication with Jonathan Isaac is that he is healthy. He is ready to go for training camp. Uh, he will be ready to go, uh, with what restrictions we don't know, but that he will be able to contribute. And we saw in the we saw in the 11 games that he did play that even rusty Jonathan Isaac can still contribute in a meaningful way especially on the defensive end. Those instincts did not go away. He is still really active. He is he was going all out in the time that he was given and the magic got a little bit out of him. Um and again, hopefully this injury is minor and you'll have a very healthy season, play 70, 80 games just like everyone else. You hope you just hope for that. But you can't but the magic are betting on it in a lot of ways because their backup four is you know the, the back Jonathan Isaac's backup four but, Chumo, but your options after him are Chumo KK, maybe Caleb Houston, probably Joe Ingles. Um, And and look, I want to get Joe Ingles some, some time on the floor, but that leaves you very small and a little bit exposed, uh, especially as teams get bigger and, and Magic are supposed to be a big team, but they may not necessarily be that big of a team. Um, you don't know where injuries are going to hit, and at some point in the season, someone's going to miss time and miss maybe not significant time, but several games in a row. This team, this roster, is better equipped to handle them. Um, You go through the depth chart, you can easily leave Anthony Black, you can easily, easily leave Jed Howard, you can easily leave Joe Ingles, you can easily leave Goga Batadze or Mo Wagner or Jonathan Isaac. You can easily leave a lot of players who, at least last year, showed some quality for this Magic team, out of the rotation completely. Um, this team is deeper. They The three players that they dropped were Bol Bol, and this was an argument to keep Bol Bol, but uh, the money didn't make sense, um the three players that the Magic dropped in bowl, Bull, Bull, Michael Carter Williams, and Admiral Schofield were all out of the rotation at the end of last season. Admiral Schofield saw a two-way contract. He could help out at the four. I suspect the Magic will use that third two-way spot on a on a power forward as well. Um, just to kind of a uh, power forward or center just to kind of support and bolster this group, too. Um it is it's unpredictable. I always say injuries are random, but the magic have a long history of injuries, and injuries have derailed several of their seasons. And it's just always going to be the specter hanging in the air. You know, we don't know when that injury bug is gonna hit. We don't know when these problems might arise or when this thing might happen. Um, that's that's the truth of it. That's the honest, that's the honest truth of it. Um, and so we have to wait and see, you know, what happens. Um, the magic have a lot of things working for them. Um, you know, again, that the youth looks like it, all these young players have contributed to something for the most part. Um, they look like they will continue to get better. This is a young team that played well last year, that gained a lot of confidence. They work hard. There's no reason to believe that at the very least they will, they will stay on their level that they'll, they'll stagnate. They won't, they won't, uh, have a They won't fall to the mean. They won't recede to the mean. Um, it's every reason to believe in this team and every reason to believe that they can take that next step. But there's still, again, I just want to repeat this. there's still a lot of things to figure out and a lot of things this team still has to sort through. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdla.com. You can follow us there on Twitter. At O Magic Daily, I am going out of town for the rest of the week, so this will be our last episode of Locked On Magic for this week. Like I said, on Monday we will be back to talk FIBA basketball, to talk Germany, to talk the U.S. What we're seeing from the latest batch of games, uh, we'll go through those stacks, we'll go through go through everything that we can um, in those in those games uh, as we get ready for the FIBA World Cup coming up in just two short weeks. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun. A lot to get some real basketball going on. Next week as well, we're going to do some Locked Off Magic, uh, talk some some other sports around Orlando that are not the Magic. I uh, hope you will enjoy the brief detours. We'll sneak some Magic talk in there as well. Do not worry. But uh, we'll, we'll have some fun here since it is the offseason. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, it's been Phil Frost from Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.